Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I'm here with the Phoenix. I'm going to have to try really hard to not use your real name. If we do, uh, we'll get it edited out. But uh, thanks for uh, being on the podcast with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Colin. Absolutely. So uh, just so you guys know, I met the Phoenix uh, at a boot camp, what, four, four years ago. Was it 2011 or 12? I think 12. Okay, 12. Uh, so maybe four and a half years ago. And uh, why don't you tell... Well, first off, I want you to tell people why you're doing this podcast. Well, ultimately, I'm doing this podcast because this year, 2016, has been my most lucrative year ever. And I want to share with everyone out there just how to basically replicate this year that I had. And I, w- I want to share everything along the way so that people can be is equally as su- successful. So to pay it forward. Yes, yeah. definitely want to pay it forward. So he shared that with me before we were recording. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be doing this. A lot of card counters wouldn't want to, and I totally respect and understand that. Uh, but I also really appreciate that you're willing to uh, talk a bit, maybe give some... Some hope and some uh, some of your experience to to uh, others, but um, tell us a little bit about how you got into card counting. Yeah, there's a bunch of like, very very interesting details because I am I feel like I'm kind of coiled with uh, blackjack apprenticeship and uh, the holy rollers because. Eons ago, like 2000... Are you okay with me going yes, back to yes. the, the pre-story? 2007, who's it? John Collins, does he care? <laughs> I don't know. He, I don't think he cares. <laughs> he, he used to go by The Hit. The on, Hit? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, he, I didn't he know He actually was... helped start Blackjack Apprenticeship yeah. um, in 2007 or eight. So it was at that time, like I was in Portland and I was just doing motion graphics because that's what I... You know, I, I like to do that. Ultimately, I want to be a filmmaker. Just want to be clear about that. But the closest thing I could do to filmmaking in Portland was was do motion graphics for a living. And then I was at the church, and he was on your church team, and I didn't know that mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. But we would work on church videos together for Imago Day. And then I remember during the week, I was like, where does this guy get his <laughs> money you know what I mean? Because yeah. it seemed like he would have so much more time to pour into the videos that we yeah. worked on. And then what's additionally weird is I specific, my memory is really good, and I specifically remember having a conversation with him about gambling uh-huh. and how stupid it was. Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, yeah. And at the time, he didn't say anything about it. He's like, oh, yeah, stupid tax. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh. Well, that's because what we were doing, we don't consider gambling. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. investing. <laughs> So, but it's just weird to view that stuff retrospectively, yeah. like, oh. And, but there was a few times he would hint about sort of like, yeah, he, like under his breath, he'd be like, yeah, we're shooting a video in a casino. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, and I was like, oh, like a movie? And he'd be like, no, it's some documentary. I'm like, oh, well, oh, that's cool. Because like the, the place I worked, the, 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 you know, we we'd shoot like TV commercials or sometimes it'd be stuff like that for like, for like news. And I'd be like, oh, OK, cool. Like whatever. I, I, basically, I wasn't impressed by it. Uh-huh. But then, fast forward, 2008 occurred, and I know that affected everybody. And my, I, I made less money that year than ever. Yeah. Whereas previously, there was a ramp; like I would gain money every year. Yeah. And then I didn't quite make as much. Just, just the economy. Yeah, because affected the, your yeah the, the edi- editing video. Some, somehow it affected it. The, the real estate. I mean, totally. the real estate business fa- affected everything. There was like, well, yeah, the entire economy. Like, like uh, unemployment was at a pretty bad level and my thought was is i had this huge i had this college loan that was burdensome and i was like but i still had the dream of of doing films and so i was like man if i'm gonna lose money in oregon where i don't even want to be in the first place i'm gonna move to la yeah so i moved to la but right prior to that when i was kind of in the in the transitional phase of moving john introduced the me hit the or the hit <laughs> okay i'm gonna remember that now the hit remove uh um had me meet with ben okay yeah and yeah and i i remember this because like we kind of put the pieces together at a boot camp you and i at a boot camp uh, a few months ago where i was like 
I remember this this vague story of John introducing Ben to someone that he knew that was interested in joining the team, but for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. Well, here's what's weird is the hit didn't even tell me anything about about like the the team i didn't know anything yeah. about it. he was he was he was real mysterious about it and he was like hey i just want this guy there's this guy i want you to meet and then he was kind of like i i just remember meeting him at a at, we're at a hipster bar in portland and then what's weird is i think there was a moment and i you know it's just how i remember it and i could be wrong on this one mm-hmm. but i think the hit was like kind of motioning to me <laughs> and um and then ben kind of did a, a like a no good or no go sort of communication symbol back to to the hit, and and I was like, th- I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of weird, but I I just didn't think anything about it. But they did recommend, they knew I was moving, and they were like, the hit was asking Ben, he's like, hey, is there anybody in L.A. that you know? Because I didn't have yeah. any work lined up, I was just going to move there. And we and my- had three players. Uh, oh, we had two in L.A. and another. Four or five in San Diego area. Oh, we had three, three in it, three in the LA area. Interesting on, on on the team at various times. Yeah, one of which was the the filmmaker for the Holy Rollers yes. documentary, yes. and that's who they put me in touch yeah. with, and that's who I met with. And now, so you were doing editing with him. Well, that ended up happening because uh, when I met with him, I was just like, "Hey, I'm down here. I'm trying to get work." And then I just talked about, hey, I have the dream of being a filmmaker. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm specific. And he was like, I'm specifically into documentaries. Yeah. He didn't mention anything about Holy Rollers. Uh-huh. But what's weird is to get gigs uh, for him to make ends meet. Because he, now he exclusively does documentaries, yeah. even, even directs them. That's been wildly successful for, for to him. Yeah. For for him, and that's and he's done really well. He yeah. does really, really good content. Kudos yeah. to him for all that. So Absolutely. he's like living the dream, which is great. And then, um, for but prior to the yeah. dream, the the church team was the means. It was the means, and yeah. then there was this also this thing called infomercials. Oh yeah, which is basically the world that I got sucked into. Yeah, because that was an easy transition for me because because that's basically what I was doing up here in in uh, Portland, mm-hmm. and then I it was an easy transition for me to do down there. Because there's a lot of people that move to L.A. that just can't find any work and, and it can't happen. But me, like within a month or two, smoothly transitioned into that. And then and then later, I was do- so I was doing some gigs and then he showed up and I was like, oh, hey, uh, what's up, dude? And he, w- he would edit some gigs that I did graphics for. Uh-huh. And it was crazy. It was like, oh. And then uh, I, with my roomies, we did this um, vacation in Vegas. Uh-huh. And that was my first time going to vegas uh-huh. and first time gambling actually i did the whole thing where it's like 200 bucks budget yeah played craps blackjack lost the entire 200 bucks there you go good time in vegas good time in vegas and it actually was you know we had some fun we, we even did some uh we went to that dam and kayaked oh okay uh yeah. the the, the dam that basically birthed vegas as far uh-huh. as I know, is my understanding um and it was when we came back from that trip that the trailer for that documentary came out for holy rollers holy rollers okay. yes and that's kind of what got me going but but for me i was like oh that's interesting like spirituality and gambling yeah interesting so that was like i i, I would say it's more it was more of a subconscious thing in the back of my mind but so I'm talking at work of like, oh hey, I went to Vegas, da 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 da, and then like my my boss at the time was like, oh yeah, I got a guy that goes there, he takes about fifty thousand off of him a year, and uh, he he like doesn't take too much, spreads the love around, goes from place to place, and basically the technique that he shared with me then was Martingale was the Martingale. So for those that don't know, Martingale is progressive betting, and. One of the fun things about gamblers is everybody has a system, and 98% of people have a quote-unquote winning system, uh, and a lot of them, it's some form of the Martingale or progressive betting, uh, but if you could actually see, um, if, if there's a way to audit their results, which the casinos probably have the results, they're not winning players. 
progressive betting does not work. It's the first, I, this is really sad, but when I was getting my math degree, I, I had to take a class, a senior level class called uh, math reading, writing, and presentation. And we would like research a subject. I did one on the tides, which is pretty fun. But uh, someone did one on on roulette and how it can be beaten. And it was the Martingale system, <laughs> which she shouldn't have. She should have gotten an F for that. But whatever. None of us knew. We were at a Christian college in gambling. It just sounds so exciting. But okay, so you learn about this guy's Martingale system, and he makes fifty thousand a year, which I'm sure is absolute baloney. Yeah. But I'm sure he he tells people he makes fifty thousand a year. So here's um, so from then I experimented with the martingale I think for about a month. Uh huh. And at first it did foster good results because the the way to understand the martingale you just basically if you lose a bet you double it. Yes. You lose that bet you double it. Just Google progressive betting or martingale and uh, Wizard of Odds has some great articles that break down how it doesn't work. Yes, they do. And so here's the deal: I ended up. I won it first, and then I lost seventeen hundred. That's a lot of money. And then I went back to the drawing board, and I like what you say with Wizard of Odds has yeah. stats on how it doesn't work. I found a YouTube video okay. that shared how it doesn't work, but in that a YouTube video, and specifically in the YouTube video, the Wizard of Odds guy said that you will not, you cannot win with Martingale, but you can win with card counting. And, and I, light bulbs went off. I know. Yeah, I remembered the the documentary yeah. trailer that had come out, and then I, the the place that I had the job at, I lost the job. Oh and, no! And I sat on the couch. They gave me a severance pay. Yeah. And I think I had three months severance, and I sat on the couch and for three or for a month rather, I played uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh huh. And I think, and that's like a number number card based game where it's like my four six creature beats your three two creature, whatever. Point is, is it's numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a numbers and it's a card game. And yeah, you, you beat each other up, and you know it's for nerds like me. And um, I remember, I think the documentary had already come out. Okay. And then I at, I remember after about a month, I was like, finally, after getting tired of playing video games. I was like, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I wonder if uh, they're having any of those boot camps. Uh-huh. And I looked it up and like, oh, man, there's one in a week. <laughs> and I called you up and you're like, hey, you're in luck. Some guy just left at the last minute. Yep. He, he thought we were like some sort of gimmick. Yeah. And so I showed up. And um, so in a week's time, I knew I was going to be in Vegas learning how to count cards. So I went online to your BJA and I watched all every video that I could. Okay. In fact, I think you even gave me an account. Yeah. Yeah, you gave me an account because I I had had signed up for the boot camp camp and paid for it because I had severance and had a little bit of money saved up. And um, watched all the videos and then I came to your boot camp and it was still... Way over my head, even though uh, there was a week of like watching videos and trying to practice every yeah. day. Um, but I, 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 I came, and then after your boot camp, um, I went home and I practiced for three months. So, so when you showed up at the boot camp, where were you at? Did you have basic strategy memorized? No. Okay. Nope. I had. I. I, I don't think I had anything. I think I you was, understood kind of the, the idea of card counting. Yeah, it was mainly the idea, but I watched every video. Yeah. Um, so, did you feel like that first boot camp was worth it? Oh, you totally. So it still was, even though you didn't know. Yeah, because all the tools were there. I just knew you that, had you had to go back to to the work of actually mastering each step. Yes, I did, and 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 uh, I practiced for three months. Mm-hmm. Simulating on a computer, you had given me a bet spread. Um, yeah, because you had you had a, a little bit of a bankroll. I did, and I took out, I took out five grand, and I practiced for three months without even setting foot in a casino. And by the time I did set foot in the casino, the two skills that I did have down was basic strategy uh-huh. and um, 
the bet spread. I did not have um, deviations. the deviations okay. down. But you could keep the count. Yeah. You could play basic strategy, and that's 90% of it. Like, the deviations what, are really, like, the last 10%. Yes, and I, re- I remember you saying that yeah. in the boot camp, and I was like, oh, okay. So instead of me just sitting here not generating any cash, yeah. I can at least generate cash uh-huh. and then learn uh-huh. the bonus stuff. Yeah. It was my mindset. Yeah. And I remember... Um, uh, I didn't know how much to take out actually. Uh huh. Um, and so when in simulating it on the computer, simulating your bet spread with every training wheel possible, where it's like it tells you the total of the cards, it tells you what yeah. the count is. I remember I lost twenty five hundred bucks, and I was of, like, of not real money, of fake money yeah. on, the, on the computer, yeah. and I was like, is this even working? Yeah. I was like, there's no, everything's bulletproof here because I have. The basic, the chart right here, the basic strategy chart right here. I have all the appropriate yeah. counts. There's, and it just felt like something was off. But then I just continued to play. Yeah, and sure enough, won all that back, and then yeah. an additional five grand. But so I was like, oh, okay, so with this bet spread, I could lose twenty five hundred dollars. I'll take out five grand. Yeah, and that's where that came you start, from. You started playing. So let's back up a little bit. So you were saying you lost, and you're wondering, does this work? I feel like. That's actually a less scary scenario than I feel like what happens to happens to a lot of people. What happens to a lot of people is they win. They so so they you know find our website or whatever, spend a couple hours reading about it. Um, maybe they spend a little bit of time practicing. Go to a casino, and they win three hundred or five hundred dollars, and they're like, it works. The problem is they're not a winning player yet, and so they have a false confidence. So it's actually, you know, I'm I I would rather people lose initially and then say, okay, does this work? Are my skills there? Keep practicing, you know. And I tell people maybe it's uh, shameless self promotion, but I tell people to use our our iPhone app. It's like three bucks, and build a bankroll on the iPhone app because you know it starts at a thousand bucks and if you play it because it deals all the way to like a quarter of a deck left if if you it's like the you could create the world's best blackjack game on it <laughs> but even if you don't you know just put normal rules on it if you play it for you know what would be the equivalent of 100 hours but you can play it so fast you could do that in you know probably like 20 30 hours of practice you will grow your bankroll like you know, to 20, 30 grand or whatever, you know, just come use the best. You'll, you'll grow it and you'll verify that you have the skills, but that's what you did with what, what did you use? I, I think I just, uh, I, I, I got one, an app for my iPhone. Oh, okay. And an app. It was just a blackjack game. Yeah. Just a okay. blackjack yeah. game where there was a parameter that you could, it would add the total of the cards together. Like you, okay. have, you have 18. Yeah. So you didn't have to do that in your head while yeah. doing everything yeah. else. Yeah. And then also it kept the count as well. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's like what but our it, iPhone app does. But it wasn't, um, it's not for, for card counters. Huh. It's just this weird, weird. It, was, it, just, it had everything I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, you know what, you know, cause you know what the big thing was? I think. Part of me picking this, I don't know, I don't know what your software is, yeah. and I'm I'm past the phase where I need this, but like I was just looking for my needs at the time. Yeah. On the computer, you could you could switch between one and two. Oh, hands. okay. I think. Cool. Yeah, ours the, only does one spot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Our, our iPhone app. Yeah. On the phone, you couldn't. Yeah. And I really wanted to make sure I simulated the best spread. The best spread because yeah. it's the okay. Its max was two hands of a hundred, as I recall. Okay, so. You um, you spent all this time. You came to a boot camp like it just happened to be a week after you got interested. I remember meeting you there, and you were wide eyed and bushy tailed. You were so excited, but you you didn't know everything yet that a card care needs to know. Um, but whatever, you spent the next few months perfecting it. Three months, um, and. You verified it at a home environment, and then what? What were your goals at that time when you're like, "Hey, I'm going to do this"? What What was your goal? It was kind of like at that time, it was an extra means of income. Okay. And honestly, I will say this because this has kind of sort of come to fruition now. I think at, in the early stages, just 
I I think my goals at the time, even within those three months, was like, let's just see if this works. Yeah. If this is a real thing. Yeah. And the other thing is like, what am I getting into? Like, how hard is this? What yeah. is what does reality look like? Because there's a little bit of like, you watch the movie Twenty One, and there's a little bit of delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Or skipping over. The well, valleys. They they don't they don't lose a single session until he gets emotionally overcharged and goes you know goes rogue on the team. Until then, he wins every single session, which is just not reality, not even close to reality. But for me, um, I uh, there was a thought that, and and it is it's basically a reality now because I'm I'm at a place where I'm debt free, but like. I was like, maybe I can discount cards and then go make films or write scripts. Uh-huh. Was I, I remember saying that at that job when I still had it. And I remember my coworkers, my motion graphics coworkers, kind of like laughing at me a little bit, thinking that it was preposterous yeah. and ridiculous. It sounds... So that bothers me less than when someone's like, sweet, I'm going with you and I'm going to count cards too. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Because I think it does sound kind of preposterous until you realize that I found the three things it's like I can, it's like clockwork the three questions well isn't that illegal two is aren't you going to get like your kneecaps broken and oh but don't you have to be a genius it's those three questions yeah, yep and I so I just started telling people once they asked the first one I'm like no it's totally legal and uh, you're not going to get your kneecaps broken and you don't have to be all that smart you just have to practice really hard at it I know it's I I I say it's always like yeah it's like you know when you watch a circus performer and what they do seems spectacular and impressive but like if you watch them practice it yeah for hours and hours and hours during the week and it's you get bored yeah then you realize how they're able to do it yeah and yeah. that's and that's basically what it is for us it it's it's impressive to the person that you're initially teaching yeah. it to man after a while it's like riding a bike yep totally. Um, totally. People are like, how do you do? I'm like, eh, I practiced a lot, and now it's pretty second nature. I will say though, the infancy stage is very important, and believe it or not, I did get lucky mm-hmm. because. So you started with your five, and I did. I started with my five, and I grew it, and I really want to kind of go over this. I grew it to an additional nine thousand. Okay. So I had fourteen, 14. Mm-hmm. and then. I proceeded to lose seven thousand of the nine. Okay, so you're you're up two. So I'm up you, you two. Got seven, but uh-huh. that's when basically my alarm went off because I was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, I've used the same exact bet spread here, and if I had started with a seven thousand dollar descent, I would be out of the five grand that I yeah. initially took. Yeah. And that's when I got re got in touch with you and uh-huh. I found out that I was doing some majorly stupid stuff. Okay. Um, so I don't remember refresh my memory of yeah, the stupid w- stuff. One was playing way too many negative counts. Oh. Ooh. That hurts that hurts that hurts my E V heart. Yeah. Just okay. just muscling through I don't even know why I was I, I'm not even quite sure well, why here, here's why. Because <laughs> people think, oh, I'm, I play blackjack, but that's the point. Isn't to play blackjack. The point is to play positive hands. Mm-hmm. To play in situations where you have positive EV, and lots of times you have to sit down at the beginning of a shoe to get to those positive hands. But you don't have to play the negative parts of the shoe because your goal isn't to be playing those. Your goal isn't to play blackjack. It's to play positive rounds per hour of blackjack. So it's, you know, I understand it. I think we all did that. I sat down at a table and I would sit there for hours when I was first playing until I learned how expensive that was and that I was killing, you know, maybe a third of my EV and my risk was like 4X or 10X by playing those negative counts. Yeah, it's really valuable when you sit in front of your computer calculation software and then if you put a zero, like you're betting zero in the negative counts yeah. and you see how much more money you'll make, you're like, whoa. Yeah, and your risk. Like you said, you you know, you would have tapped out if you would have gone on that seven thousand dollar losing streak at the beginning, you would have you would have never gotten in card game. Like your career would have been over. Yeah. And so I I got yeah, and then another thing is here's an interesting moment is I played I played everything. I played Six to five. Games. Oh boy. Okay. That's that's so. Another. So the first thing you played negative counts. Second, you were not really aware of 
the rule of, rules of beatable games. Yeah, I didn't. I I in the boot camp you had you had covered this topic. Yeah, that it was just over your head a weekend. I just didn't know how egregious or how damaging yeah. a six to five game yeah. is. In fact, I'll even go into this. Um, I got backed off of a single deck six to five game. With you must be really good. <laughs> <laughs> if they're backing you off of six to five, your skills must be incredible. And I, I kind of want to like um, go over that here. There's two things just now, and I just something I want to share that there's two things that I feel like people will use as a measuring stick to um, as a means of confirming that they're doing it right. And one is is like, well, if I'm getting backed off. I must be doing it right. Yeah. And from that experience, I know that that is wrong. Yeah. There's a guy that came to our first boot camp, um, and he, at the end of the day, we're like, oh, did you learn anything? He said, no, I didn't learn anything from you guys, but I could probably teach you guys some stuff. And he made basic strategy mistakes during, during the training. And, uh, but he basically used the boot camp as an opportunity to brag to everyone in the room about all of his back offs. And then we get an email from him like a year later saying, I lost $100,000. I don't know what you were teaching me, but it's not working. I was like, we couldn't teach you anything. You told us we couldn't teach you anything. You made excuses for basic strategy errors. But he thought he was a good card counter because he still got backed off. Yeah. Wow. And that also shows the paranoia of casinos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like they just. Well, it's, it's about big money. Usually, you know, like I don't want people that are listening that are going to be starting with, you know, their $5,000 bankroll and going to think they're going to get backed off, you know, if they win a hundred bucks or 500 bucks or even a thousand bucks, you know, the backoffs generally come, it's either the really sweaty casinos or it's if, you know, you're winning enough money that they, they start sweating it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that people use as a means of measuring that they're doing it right is short-term wins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, right off the bat, that first weekend I won a thousand bucks and I shared that with you. So Uh I started with five grand. What did I say? Well, you were like, it doesn't always go like that. Yeah. And really couching my expectation. And I knew that that's what you were doing. And I knew I didn't get the delusions of grandeur, but admittedly there was some initial excitement because I knew on the computer, The computer, like the same thing could happen. I could lose twenty five hundred. Yeah, and I only have five. That's half the bankroll. Yeah, that's a five grand. But um, I was just really excited, and I feel I've, I felt like I had a fair understanding. But there's other people that I've seen that that they they they, they, they like they'll win even mm-hmm. maybe for a month, two or maybe even three months, a lot of money, and it's just like you just got to know. You know, and I, 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 I will say. Oh, here's another thing I didn't do is in that that first um, winning of money. The only thing I had was just the stack of cash. Yeah, I didn't have. Oh, you didn't keep track of a track of any records. And I will say this, man. The if you want to know, yeah, without a doubt, that you are a winning and good card counter. You want to track your performance. Yeah. And and for me, I guess the, the only tracking I had was just cash in hand because because that money was its own money. Yeah, it was its own thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when I took it out, I was like, if I lose this five grand, I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm done with this experiment. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'd won the nine grand and then lost the seven, and then I I revisited you, and you um, came to a second boot camp. I right? came to yeah. a second boot camp and kind of tightened some stuff up. There was. Oh yeah, let me which go. is which is good. You know, you were ill prepared for the first one, which was wasn't your fault. I mean, I'm so glad you came because it set you in the right direction. But you know, um, the, there will be, and that's why we like people can come to the a second boot camp at cost. Is what mm-hmm. we because it's just it's a common thing that people. It's like we don't want people to wait till they are sure that they know everything to come to a boot camp because. You know, there's just still things, there's so much, I'll put it this way. We never have people saying they regret coming to a boot camp, <laughs> but they're also like, oh man, I wish I could come back. You know, three months later, they're like, I need to come back because now I know what I didn't know then. And so that's the opportunity we provide by doing it at cost the second time. But, but I'm glad 
that you were able to come back, get those things tightened up, and keep going with your story. Yeah, like a couple more mistakes. One was um, uh, I played an eight deck game that they cut off four decks. Oh yeah, yes, half shoot it. Yeah, like, but it they were. It's not they weren't half shooting me. They were just yes, half shooting. That's everybody. just the game. Yep. I just played everything and and won nine grand doing that. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! So one of the one of the games that I played the most at when I was first first playing. It was an eight deck game that they cut three to three and a half decks off of. But I was just like you; I had no idea. And then once we got uh, betting software, and there was not a lot of options back in you know '03, uh, but it got this betting software, and I realized, oh, I don't think I'm even playing positive EV at that game, and stopped playing there. And then also found, oh, in this other place I'm playing, had to edge off the top, and I had no idea. But anyway, it's a common early mistake, and a lot of people I get emails saying can I do this online? And I always say, I'm not aware of online casinos that they basically, they always do that. They it's eight decks. They cut it in half and you just can't, can't eke out any EV. Maybe you'll get lucky like you did with nine grand, but, but then you're playing against the odds. Yeah, man. And, um, there was a, another interesting experience, I guess. Um, uh, my first back off at Texas station, I don't know if it was my first. It was my first one in Vegas. Yeah, and then the I was playing double deck, uh-huh. and the guy was really nice. The pit boss was really nice. He's a really nice pit boss. He he works at Palace Station now, but at the time he was like, "Hey, um, I'm okay with you. I know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm okay with you playing. Um, but the guy that comes in after me, if he's not okay, you know, you, you, yeah. you kind of got to go." Is what he was saying. He's like, "I want to see you do well." He's like, "You're small potatoes to me. I can make." what if you win i can make that disappear <laughs> on my shift and on the books sure. is because what everyone else is losing right and it well i he he was really nice but he did lead me astray okay or well he he taught me a thing and then led me astray he was like hey his advice to me was like hey make your spread really small like a one to four spread oh, okay. and that's an additional thing that led to to me, not making as much money. You weren't using a large enough bet spread. Large enough bet yeah. spread, especially for that in my infancy, and it was you know the yeah. expenses. Totally. Well, yeah, you add that to playing through negative counts, and <sighs> there there goes your your you know profit. You know, like what happened? Yeah. But one thing he shared with me that was really interesting was he goes, um, he was like, he because I you know what I was so blown away by that experience that I went in the next day and I was like, I was like, Hey, if you know how to do this, why don't you do it? Sure. And he's like, I don't have the patience. Oh, uh, okay. That, that was his answer. Yeah. Cause he, he even told me a story of him teaching his brother how to do it. Uh-huh. They did it out in Palm Springs. His brother's a doctor. He had a bunch of money laying yeah. around. They did it. His brother got really excited. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And I guess he said he had to write a report to the management like of why they let me play. Yeah. And apparently it was because I wasn't taking insurance at appropriate times. Oh. Um, and that was like the reason why they let me play. And then it was from him that I found out that on single deck, it's 1.5 yeah. that you take insurance. And on double deck, it's 2.5. Yeah. And then shoe games on hot three deck and higher. It's, it's three uh-huh. true three. Yeah. And I was like, when I found that out, I, I had, I was like, is there anything else that, yeah, that Mr. Colin is <laughs> sharing with me? Well, I got a hold of some other YouTube video about the lucky ladies as well. And I was like, what? yeah, well, we, we always, go, <laughs> we always talk about that at bootcamp lucky ladies. And you know, the insurance thing, that's not an egregious thing. You know, mm-hmm. the real value is, yeah, true. It's not like the difference that you know, a double deck, the two point five to true three range. If you're not taking insurance from a two point five to a true three, it's not like there went your edge. It's like maybe there went a, a few pennies, right? But maybe this guy was, you know, maybe that was what he put in the report so he could, you know, have an excuse for why and, he let you play. Yeah, and he was being nice to me. And I, I've gone back to, I've always respected him and I don't, Palace Station's really sweaty anyway, which is where he works, but he's always really nice to me and he'll, yeah. he'll be like, hey, cool. let me get you some free food type awesome. thing. You can't play here, but yeah. I'll get you some free food. And I always respect that experience. And honestly, it's it's weird, like, maybe we'll talk a little later, I, I usually have a tough time with back-offs, but that one was so nice um, I wish they were all like that. Anyway, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I respect that guy, and I re- respect that experience. And also, don't always trust 
what casino personnel say because even his small bet spread advice the only thing he's the only thing that was doing for me was allowing me to be less noticeable mm-hmm. but it's eating into my ev yeah, because when yeah. i return to the boot camp another big thing so i learned about that you know we this lucky ladies uh-huh. i learned i was playing too many negative counts and yeah, then the, six a, to five. a big thing was Learning how to wield CVCX. Oh, okay. Yeah. R- really dialing in your bet spreads. And then also knowing, like, how much is this game worth? Yes. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. When, when I was first playing, me and a couple guys, our first little team, we just came up with some bet spreads, and that's what we did everywhere. And once I started to understand how the rules and how penetration and all that stuff affect your edge, it... it totally transformed the games we played the best spreads we used what games we stopped playing what games we started playing a lot more frequently and you know it's like blackjack apprenticeship is basically the result of what are the things we wish we would have had when we got into card counting you know it's like why we have a the bankroll management app or, or why we do bankroll coaching is because if you don't know this stuff you're really fumbling in the dark and hopefully it works out you know if you have a big enough bet spread and a big enough bankroll you'll probably make money but if you don't have the stuff dialed in, it does really eat into your your profits. So you got your you came to the second boot camp. You were already a winning player, but yeah. you're able to kind of find out some of the things you didn't know, get things tightened up because you weren't really ready for that first boot camp. Learn then, how to wield CVCX, yeah. and then you also checked my game. Okay, and I still didn't know like two or three deviations. Okay. But I remember you you at the at the end you summarized and said, "Okay, you do have a winning game, but you're not going to basically be able to milk the casinos for all the maximum potential that yeah, you, yeah. That, that you can." But it, it was it was great. Like uh and then after that, uh so I just went on after that like that after that I I, I kept really really good records. Okay. Oh yeah. And I will say this, another thing that sort of emerged out of this out of out of that boot camp is that blackjack Community is really small. Yeah. And it's like, I met a guy there. Yeah. Sub-Zero. It's uh-huh. his alias. Uh, we uh, met him. And then also there was another gentleman there that told me about JC Note. Okay. Who you know. And mm-hmm. I got the contact info for JC Note from him. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm not much of a forum guy. I'm never on the forum, tragically. Uh-huh. Even though, like... I'm very computer literate. Maybe forums aren't very exciting, but like, um, it is really valuable to like to to be part of meet a few people to yeah. meet a few people totally. Um, and uh, so, I, I, I went. You know, it was it was kind of a hobby. I made some money, learned yeah. uh, where I was like messing up, realized I got lucky. Yeah, with that nine grand win. Yeah, well, it, the math caught up with you. Because yeah, you yeah, lost yeah, yeah. Seven of it back. Uh-huh. And then um, uh, I went on, you know, yeah, played with Sub-Zero, kept good records, uh, won a little money. He wasn't quite uh, 21 yet, uh-huh. so we, he could, we could only go to so many casinos sure. with, with him. 18-year-olds. That, that eight, yeah. In fact, I think there's, there's, there's one you guys were milking for a while, right? Yeah, me and him, I think we actually lost money. And then he, went, he was like, okay. I'm just going to wait until I'm 21. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then another thing emerged because I, because I, I kind of got in t- touch with JC note and fat heard of a team okay. that he was going to be yeah, part yeah. of. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I hedge my bets sure. and join a team as well? Yeah. Just to see what the ex- experience that w- was like. Cause I want to be very real. When I heard about your stories of your past, my thought was like, oh, okay, well maybe card counting was totally valid and real for them in 2002 and three yeah. during your tenure. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well maybe in 2012, yeah, that's not possible anymore, sure. which I want to be, I want to be clear right now that that is untrue. <laughs> but, um, uh, like I, um, I, uh, uh, joined this team and I have to say it was this wild learning experience. Yeah. Um, this guy wanted to, uh, it was a team of, I think it was 10 when I started and it grew to 13, uh-huh. um, of kind of guys in their thirties. There was a few young bucks in there in their twenties. Yeah. Um, but like I was, I was, I was solid then. Yeah. I was a solid 
solid guy. And my and my thinking going in was like, okay, well, maybe if I join a team, it'll I'll have the, yeah. the team experience that you guys had that, yeah. I, that I'm seeing and hearing about in Holy Rollers. Sure. And what's interesting is my first weekend out with the guys. Yeah, I remember it was New Year's. I think maybe 2000. It might have been 2014. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. New Year's 2014. We go out and we won thirty five grand. Uh huh. In two days. Nice. We got some back offs too. Yeah. But, but, sure. But it was it was it was amazing. Okay. And like that, ex- it was just. I at that time I was like, okay. Yeah. This I'm, is the way to do it. I'm finally hearing numbers uh-huh. that reflected what was in your documentary. Yeah. And did you keep up like that? No. Okay. It was just that weekend. Okay. And then after that, well, it's weird. It's I remember January and February we won, and then March we had a losing month, and uh-huh. then they reacclimated yeah. how they did it. And I and I was on the team all the way through till yeah. July, and I you know met JC, you know, met all met yeah, all the guys, yeah. and they were a bunch of smart guys. Uh-huh. The problem was, and I don't. I think you didn't have this issue, but the issue that was we're running to into on this team is since everyone's kind of in their thirties and everyone kind of contributed their own money. Of, uh-huh. I think I contributed ten ten grand. I think uh-huh. you know you put in, sure. and that's what the bankroll is is everybody's contribution. Yeah. Um, and they really and the guy that ran it ran it like a business. Uh-huh. But the problem is is with a bunch of guys in their thirties that are all very smart. It was very much a competition of who's the smartest person. Oh, okay. So the goal was maybe not, hey, how do we just get as much money at the casinos? But it was more how, how proving, proving themselves. Yeah, proving themselves. But what's interesting is though that that though that was frustrating, mm-hmm. that it seemed like it was a an ego contest from time to time. Okay. Um, and very very frequently, but still, these were smart guys, and yeah. I learned. Yeah. Other exploits. So it was, it was valuable experience, yes. but it wasn't really providing the uh, skyrocketing profits that, that you were anticipating, right? Because so, okay, after the seven months, I'd only made seven grand. Okay, yeah, that's not going to cut it. A thousand a month. In um, I learned I learned a lot of. Th- I think my big takeaway from this team is when they tracked both the actual value, which is what you made, yeah. and the expected value. Yeah. So we always talk about expected value. For those that aren't aware, expected value is, you know, if you play the game perfectly for, uh, you know, thousands of hours, then you're left with the pure math of, you know, so a game might be worth $100 an hour in EV. You're not going to win $100 in an hour, but that game was worth $100. If you keep playing that way hour after hour, it's going to average out to $100 an hour if you're playing properly. AV, actual value, is like, okay, I've played for 100 hours. My EV says... I should be up a hundred thousand dollars, and if your AV is ten thousand, you're up ten thousand instead of a hundred thousand. Then there's a problem. If you're up, you know, two hundred thousand instead of a hundred thousand, then you're overperforming and something crazy is up. Yeah, but that's pretty rare. Usually, it's like, oh, my EV says I should have made a hundred grand, but you know, it's a really helpful to know. Okay, my AV is. 30 grand there's something wrong i'm not playing properly or i'm i'm not accounting for you know some x factor so that was valuable for you totally valuable okay. that 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 was a big takeaway other exploits as well yeah like how to beat machines uh-huh. and also this thing called hole carding uh-huh. in fact the sort of the the means of making cash was divided into those three categories it was blackjack yeah card counting um machines uh-huh. mainly uh Sort of a video poker exploit uh-huh. with other exploits as well, yeah. And then um, uh, hole carding, which is like, yeah, if you find a sloppy dealer that exposes the cards, yeah. Hole carding is like super advanced. We get into a little bit day two of our boot camps, but but you know that's not. Um, it's kind of like this even deeper underground world than card counting. But so you learned some additional things, but you moved on. You moved I, on from the team. I did because I, I, I you know, part part of it was this. Uh, JC Note had left the team, uh-huh. and because he didn't get along with the team leader, I was butting heads with the team leader, and I was frustrated with making the seven thousand. Yeah, basically a, th- a thousand a month wasn't going to cut it for you. A thousand a month for every weekend being out. Yeah, that's a lot of work. And then also when you have 
the opening experience of 35 grand <laughs> in two days. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, your goal, initially, you said your goal was just to try it out, see if it worked, and, and some side income. But it sounds like somewhere over those, well, the we, year or two, you'd, you'd grown maybe a lar- larger goals than just see if it works. Yeah. And I think, because I, I, initially I'd, we'd seen those numbers that reflected your team. Yeah. That it's seen in the documentary, but then when I'm looking at my numbers and I'm like, oh, I've only got seven thousand for this yeah. much effort, like return on investment, yeah, was really frustrating. And but then, it, w- it wasn't just that the team was milking you. No, no, it was just that that it, the the high numbers of that first weekend didn't didn't continue. Yeah, and and it didn't seem to. I, I just I maybe guess you didn't see just the potential. Of in it. general, the ROI was. I was yeah. like, my time investment yeah. for this amount of money was yeah. a little frustrating, even though it was a win. Yeah, like we didn't lose money. Yeah. Well, and that was what was tough with our team is we had to sustain really good ROI because we had to pay players and investors and management have it be worth everybody's time. You know, which meant the level of play had to be really high. We had to play high limit games, and you know, our team. I just did the math recently. I was curious because I think JC Note was busting out his like, you know, lifetime spreadsheet or something. And I was like, oh, I haven't looked at this stuff in years. But I looked at our team. Our team uh, averaged over $200 an hour, you know. So it's like that's not bad for a team that played tens of thousands of hours. Uh, but we had to do that or else it, you know, wouldn't have been worth people's time and they would have moved on very quickly. Yeah. And like JC Note put me in touch with, uh, Joe seven four eight. Okay, and um, because I was in LA, yeah, he had left the team. I was frustrated with the team. JC had left the team. Yeah, JC had left the team, uh-huh. and then Joe seven four eight was like a camera guy in Burbank at the time, uh-huh. and I was in LA. Yeah, and this is something that's really valuable, like kind of having a community because I yeah. play with Sub Zero, got yeah. in touch with. So I, even though I don't forum, I you know talk with people, and that's really valuable. And it was also really valuable being on a team with all these guys because I learned yeah. an immense amount despite my complaint yeah. of of the, the, the fiscal amount, the money yeah. amount that we made. And then when I talked with Joe748 and we talked we talked about how much we had made, I told him I was like, Hey, I made, you know, seven grand. How much have you made this year? And he said, like, oh <laughs> like this year? I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, 140. and I like hundred and forty grand. I felt I like fell out of yeah. my chair. I so was, you're trying to do this large scale team to make more money, and then a guy's playing on his own, <laughs> making twenty times. Is that right? Twenty twenty like, times what you're making. Yeah, twenty times what I'm making, and then basically even more than the entire team of thirteen dudes. Yeah, outside. yeah. And so the, the it's not the size of a team, or it's not even uh, the brilliance of the people. Uh, so Joe seven four eight, he's much more the the model that we were that. I uh, one of the guys on our team said that we were the cockroaches of card counters, our team, because you just couldn't kill us. You know, we weren't the smartest guys, but we just went in there and we played. And and Joe some four eight, he's a smart guy, but uh, it's really that he puts in puts in the hours. Yeah. Okay. So you you met him, and uh, what happened from there? Well, then uh, at, at the time on that on, the, on that conversation, I was like, dude. I just learned about whole carding and I've just done it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you've got how much money? I was like, dude, you can bankroll me. Yeah. Because I've got the same skill set. And then I was like, dude, and I can teach you about all this whole carding stuff. Yeah. And then we met in person at um, San Manuel, aka Sloppy Manuel, because uh-huh. at the time they were notorious for exposing cards. Okay. Even though it's a, uh, it's still not a very good. They've tightened up their game yeah. now for sure. I've seen that. For sure. They, sure. They, but at the time, so sure enough, first thing we meet, and I'm like, here's how whole carding works. This is how much more money you can make. And then uh, sure enough, the guy exposes, and, he, and yeah. he like looks at me, and he goes, for real? I'm like, yeah. And then uh, he was, I think he was, he actually ended up not doing that. Yeah. And when I requested that he bankroll me, he's like, dude, like a total Jedi master, he goes, yeah. you can do the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. And I left the team because I was frustrated with those results. 
And then... And I, did, did you have a job during these? I, I okay. did. I was still so doing... So this is really interesting. I was freelance motion graphics. So the so I wasn't working the whole time. Yeah. So I'd have like two weeks off sometimes. And yeah. that was like go to Vegas and gamble time. So this is kind of an interesting... You have an interesting story arc that you you know you get into it initially. <laughs> um, and you, you have a little bit of initial success. But then... You know, not not enough to you can do it full time, and and so you, you're working on the side, and then you know, but but you you kind of you're still interested in it. You're still trying to yes. You still want to do it, and then it's like two years in, you you what did did you resolve I'm going to do this, or was it still just like ah, just so still feel like right at that point. So here's what I did. I was like, okay, I went back to the company that I worked for, and uh-huh. I said, and I I didn't have a this time I didn't have a full time job, whereas I. Previously, I'd gotten yeah. fired when I went yeah. to your boot camp. Yeah. From there on out, I was freelance. Yeah. So, but there was one place that would always continually hire me. They loved me. Yeah. Doing their infomercial motion graphics. It's basically the remnants of the people from the company that yeah. everybody got fired from uh-huh. doing doing uh, infomercial graphics over there. You know, yeah. like Dyson vacuum cleaners and sure. 3M hooks and all that stuff. Um, and I was like, look, you either need. I was getting four hundred bucks a day when I worked, uh-huh. and I was like. You need to either pay me more. I'm leaving, uh-huh. and it was like, and if they didn't pay me what I wanted, which was at 500 bucks a day, yeah, I was gonna leave and go count cards. Yeah, so they paid me 500 bucks a day. <laughs> so, for, hey, I, you just got yourself a 20 what 25 percent raise? I did, and also my motion graphics skill set got way better. Uh huh. Um, and uh, and I got I was getting paid more, and so I did that for a year. Okay. And I, I was like, man, this is so close to my dream of what I want to do, yeah. which is make films, but yeah. it's not, I'm not telling the story. Yeah. So the Dyson infomercial <laughs> isn't exactly what you came to Hollywood for. Not, because even on the, like the lot that I was working on, yeah. they were shooting episodes of Supergirl. Uh-huh. They, sh- they've shot s- segments of straight out of Compton. Like nice. I'm like I'm like right next to that, going to lunch, looking at that right out the door, and I'm like, why am I not working on that stuff? And I was like, man, I was like, I can do this stuff. I can have the freedom to do this stuff if I can give it my full attention. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I guess I'm just gonna have to take a detour. And uh, finally, Sub Zero called me up. He's like, dude, I turn 21 next month. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, all right, this is it. Uh, I'm gonna t- I, I, I'm gonna tell him like, look. Uh, at the end of this month, it's my last month, because even my visual effects got better, and I was and I, I was really pressing into my work, and it was yeah. looking better, and I loved it, but it was it was close, but still not quite there. And so he turned 21, and then we went on. Uh, we took I think I had 20 25k at that time. Uh-huh. Is what everything had built built yeah. up to over the holidays yeah. and in between times, and it was uh-huh. still its own money. Um, and I, I think I'd taken a little bit of, oh yeah, for a car, like 2000 down on a car that had died and that was it. That's all I'd ever paid myself. Yeah. But, um, uh, like we went for a month and we made, it's interesting. I lost a thousand. This is so the last year, not this last, not October, 2016, uh-huh. but October, 2015. Okay. He turned 21. Yeah. We went out and we made 12,000. Uh-huh. But it, that constituted of him making 13000 and me losing $1,000. uh huh And And um, I, I, think, I think he, like... So we spent Thanksgiving together. And uh, I think he was like... I think he saw me as dead weight because I lost the, uh-huh. <laughs> the 1000 for uh-huh. the month. And he's like, man, all 12000 of that... Or 13000 of that could have been mine. Yeah. So we parted ways. I, I, I don't want to put... Where we that might not be true. That might not be true, but I mean, whatever. We parted ways, and I, you know, yeah, whatever. We're, He's a good guy. I met him. Yeah, yeah, good guy, good card counter. We're, we're good friends, but you guys decided you decided we, to go we, off. We we parted ways, and then I teamed with JC Note because uh-huh. JC Note wanted to join with the whole the remnants of the the team that yeah. we were on, the whole carding guys. But they are it's which was just a, f- a few of the guys. And they they really like to vet their guys sure. before they join them, really kind of get to yeah. know them. And so they didn't acquire him. And so me and JC Note paired, and then it was on. Man, I remember it was December 
first of last of 2015 that we started and it was just we couldn't i mean it was just amazing i remember i would go we we covered a lot of cash uh-huh and it, and i was going full time and uh he made or we we it, it's weird he has a kid so he spends a lot of time at home, but sure. I, I felt like it was like I was James Bond, uh-huh. and I stayed at his place. And I was he Q, or? and he was Q because he made the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it'd be nice if the spreadsheet had this little feature. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, you know what? You're right. That's awesome. We should do that. And like he would do that. He would he would like change the feature or whatever because there was a little bit of like, well, how are we doing? Like, yeah. Because even on the team, like some of the smart things that they would do, would they'd be like, well, are we losing? Because I guess on the team we were losing a double deck. Oh, okay. But we were winning on oh man on this the so the shooting started tracking separate games and there's a yeah a little bit of like well are we living yeah. up to our potential yeah. on the games here you yeah. know what I mean on, man, on that's so much more advanced than we did things we just played and <laughs> kept track of results which is ultimately in the end, like I guess if you which is kind of like what I did in my my initial phase and if you're winning if it ain't broke yeah. don't fix it type sure. thing um, but it's kind of nice to yeah to kind of know yeah. You just don't want to overanalyze because then you can start jumping to conclusions. There's there's fascinating things. Psychologists talk about this. So we're always trying to make sense of things to you know to explain. And that's humans are notorious for coming to wrong conclusions by trying to make sense of the world. So you don't want to overanalyze and be like, oh, well that hour I lost <laughs> because I don't do well when it's a tall brunette but the next hour i won because i do really well when it's short redheads you know like you don't want to overanalyze and come to conclusions that are unfair but if you have enough data if you have enough hours of double deck enough hours of shoe games sure maybe that's helpful to see how you're doing it yeah that's right and um we when that month that me and uh, Sub Zero play, we would listen to your podcasts. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And really, like Tommy Highland and and uh-huh. uh, um, uh, Loud and Often and Joe Seven Four Eight. Yeah, and just just all the wealth of information that you guys shared was really helpful for us in in, in just uh, in, in guiding us. Sure, like for for the you know the decisions that we made. I continued to make. Tons of money with JC, you know, it was great. But then, uh, is the team that he's on is what their is their name. Is they, he okay with you saying that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, because that's not that's just a nickname. Yeah, sure, it's an alias. Um, uh, called him up and wanted to reacquire him. Uh huh. But so he couldn't play with me, yeah. but he could still invest in me. Sure. So you still had Q. Yes. To, to behind the scenes, no joke. You know. Give you support and make sure you're on the right track, and then you could be James Bond. Because I can't tell you the value of support and also the value of people that think like-mindedly. Yeah. Um, I think me and Sub Zero are philosophically like like we're close, uh-huh. but I can assuredly tell you that me and JC Note are very closer, okay. much much closer. Like, um, it, like as far as your goals with. And how you're going to approach the game, and that's really valuable. Risk, risk tolerance, things like that. Like if you're going to team with somebody, dude, it's really, really valuable. Yeah. To you can just tell because you will feel good about it. Yeah. So you've been <laughs> saying that it went well. Uh, you, you made seven thousand uh, in seven months with with the, you made you made a little bit on your own initially. Few grand came to second boot camp. Maybe you made a little bit more. Joined a team, made seven grand in seven months, and and uh, but it wasn't really you know reaching the goals that you had. You, you have this you know come to Jesus moment with Joe seven four eight where he says with you can, Yoda you, you with Yoda who <laughs> says come to Yoda moment and he says you can do this. Um, and then uh, you know he did played with Sub Zero and and you guys between the two you made some money but then decided to part your own ways. What? At this point, if I'm hearing the story, I'm thinking like, okay, this is great. This guy makes maybe ten grand a year uh, counting cards as a hobby. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is as, that right? As, as a hobby, but when I went full time, man, it was on like Donkey Kong. We're talking, we're breaking. I remember we, I, I don't, we finally cleared six figures. 
about halfway through the year that I'd went full time. Yeah. And that was amazing. Um, so they cleared six figures in 2015. I mean, about halfway through the year. Halfway through the year. Yeah. I think, uh-huh. I think it was. And then you just kept going. Yeah. Just kept going. Yeah. Cause I, I, um, on the team, we call it store burning, which is when you <laughs> go to a, uh, the casino is the store. Um, and then you burn the store is when you get one back off. Yeah. Um, so I burned all the stores in, sure. in Southern California, which is where I was yeah. residing. And then I was like, well, there's, well, there's no point in me like living here anymore. Yeah. So you just started burning stores all over the place. So I like left residency uh-huh. and just continued up the West coast. And, and you've, uh, so you've won a few hundred grand the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Like, th- yeah, this last year. You don't have to give specific. I think it's just helpful for people to know like, oh, this is great. It's a, it works as a hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's still that that thought of like, does it still work? You know, yeah, yeah you can make real money in the '90s and early 2000s, but you can't really make that kind of money now. But that's it. Still works. It still works. It still works. And and the thoughts that I had thought about your team and what you had taught, they came true. Yeah. Because well, initially I was thinking I was like, oh, that maybe that worked for him in 2002 yeah. and 2003. It works in 2000. 16 people. And it's it's helpful for me to hear. People might think I'm just like <laughs> teasing this out of you to be like, hey, it works. But to be honest, when we started Blackjack Apprenticeship, we didn't know if we were going to be able to help people recreate what we had done. Because like we figured it out, you know. And we had, we actually had met some people that ran a very successful team very early on. And, and they kind of pointed us in the right direction. Some of our training techniques came from, from Ben's interactions with them. Uh, they don't like us saying the name of the team. But... Um, I've probably said it on previous podcasts anyway. Uh, but it's like, well, are people really going to be able to do what we did? Or are we just selling people, you know, products that they're just going to be gambling, selling them false hope. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it really would, you know, I wouldn't say keep me up at night, but it'd be like, well, I know if people do it right, it should work. And then like the testimonials start coming in, you know, um, even way before Jeff, uh, Joe, seven, four, eight, but other people that are like, you know, Hey, I, I get emails and it's like, Colin, I quit my job six months ago. Or or even if it's just like, this has been an amazing hobby. I make $50,000 a year on the side, you know, flying around the country playing blackjack. But then the real stories, you know. So it's cool for me to hear, to feel like, okay, we wanted, to, we created Blackjack Apprenticeship to be, to pay it forward to the next generation. Yeah. Card counters, and it's like uh, heartwarming <laughs> yes. to hear tales of, of uh, the next of, generation of success, yeah, man, and I, I want to share that people. It's it's like it's working in two thousand and sixteen, and in theory, it seems like it's like I have all the confidence in the world that it's gonna. Uh, I'll put it this way: my, my, the way things are going, I think I will go till mid two thousand seventeen, and then go to make films full time. Is sort of the plan. So and, and that was one of your goals, right? And then that's the there's end goal. another goal, yeah, that you mentioned that you're going to be celebrating soon. With uh, with some family. Oh yeah, yeah. So tell people about that. So this year, um, I, I ultimately wanted to be done altogether and return yeah. to LA in 2017, which I will do. But it seems yeah. like it's going to be mid year. Sure. But I'm still very happy with with my results. It's amazing. Yeah. But I finally was able to pay off um, the college loan. Yeah. The burden from 1999. Man. So get this. It was it it it's a 2000. Or I'm sorry. In 1999, uh, I think I it, it was a college loan, and it was I think it ended up growing because I couldn't pay it straight yeah. away out yeah. of college. And my dad signed for it, yeah. and that's the only way it was going to happen. Yeah, he didn't pay off any of it. Yeah. So for me, when I got out of school, I couldn't make enough money to be able to pay it back. Yeah. So I had to let it sit. And acquire so much interest yeah. to the point where it built up to forty five grand. I've read a lot of articles about about that. Even people they become doctors and aren't able to make enough to cover all of their student debt that they racked up to become doctors or dentists or whatever. I like I'm not trying to scare people. I think if you want to become a doctor, become a doctor. But a lot of people they're not thinking about that. So that's awesome. You paid that off. Dude, and like the it's the biggest burden of my life. And in fact But not anymore. Uh, it's paid off. Yeah, it's paid off. Yeah, it's done. It's done. Killed. Awesome. Um, that's a reason to celebrate. I'm gonna celebrate that with my dad. But like, um, it even kept me from moving to LA sooner than yeah. it did. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because the dream is to make movies, yeah. but I have this financial burden. I was totally. like, it, it, it's like this ball and chain around your ankle. So, so blackjack has helped. I'm debt free. That's awesome. And in fact, interestingly, midway through the year when I had to kind of like part with JC Note, um, because he joined. I, but he could still invest in yeah. me. So he still invested in me. So we yeah. had some bullets. We we still we we cleared six figures. It was amazing. Yeah. Me and him together. We, we were celebrating. We celebrated our bankroll. Yeah. Or a bankroll, you know, yeah. every mile marker like that. And that was awesome. And then what's weird is I returned to LA to my home there, which I was very not much there because yeah. I was burning stores elsewhere. Yeah. In fact, I stayed at JC and I basically yeah. burned everything in the area there. Um, and then headed back down. And old work called me up, wanted me to come back. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, not yeah. the way things are going now. Sure. And, and, um, but there was a moment, and I want to share this too, because at that time I was debt free. Yeah. I had made enough to be debt free. Uh huh. And I was like, I got into my room and I started thinking, like, of all these material possessions that I could buy. Almost like, because at the time I didn't, I hadn't paid off the loan, but I had enough money to. Yeah. That? So I had yeah. enough equity, but yeah. it was my bankroll. Sure. And so I was like, okay, uh, I, I, I was like, I could use a new desk, a new yeah. chair, all this stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, why am I returning to the slavery yeah. that I have just free? The my- things you own, own you. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and like, I know that you did. You went through this as well. Sure. And like this was my version of that yeah. where it was like um, – because you did financial apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. Which Our is something side project. comparable to Dave Ramsey. And there's kind of this moment where you realize that buying things isn't going to make you happy. Yeah. And even though you do have the money – because I think on – in my infancy, I ne- I just never expected that moment of like – of uh, would emerge where I felt the need to buy a bunch of useless, yeah. useless and worthless things, but it did, and and it kind of creeped up on me and freaked me out. Yeah, and then I talked with JC, you know, and this is why it's really good to have a community. Other other people that you can talk to that um, can help you uh, in wherever you're at in life. You know what I mean? Can really yeah. help you with decision making and emo- kind of navigating those emotional climates. That's awesome. So you so instead you you didn't buy a bunch of crap and you paid off the student debt. Yeah, paid off paid off the student debt and I and I actually did your financial apprenticeship yeah, thing. Yeah. Which if which it's not it doesn't exist it anymore. It doesn't exist anymore, but just do something like a Dave Ramsey. Sure. In 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 to, is it okay if I summarize? Uh yeah. And then we're gonna wrap it up because we gotta we gotta cut this one off, but we're gonna do if you're up for it, we'll do a second podcast with you. But let's we're like it. over the hour. Oh, okay, okay. Mark. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. But yeah, yeah. So, so summarize it, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, stop. It, for now. It's ba- basically um, if you're um, uh, if you um, if the money that you're spending is not not aligning with your life goals, it's keeping you from your life. goals. It's keeping you from your life goals. Yes. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how small the amount is. Yep. And like just that concept yeah. is enough for me to think about when I'm spending my money and helps me reacclimate. That's awesome. It's very valuable. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing all this stuff. We're going to do uh, a second podcast with the Phoenix. Uh, hopefully this has been valuable for the people listening. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully you gleaned some things and maybe you can pay it forward someday just like the Phoenix has offered to do. And uh, check out the second podcast episode with him uh, later.